Welcome to Sassy Esoterics. I'm Sarah Fomalar Ragsdale, a high priestess and teacher of Divine Feminine Mysteries. And I'm Elena Garlic, a transition doula, death doula, and generally a badass witch. Every Friday, we talk to sassy, soulful teachers, thought leaders, witches, and magical manifestors. Together, we are creating a modern spiritual sisterhood, and you are invited to join the circle. Let's jump to the show. Welcome everybody to this week's Sassy Esoterics. We are so excited to welcome a beautiful, wonderful guest and great friend of Elena's, Erica Joe. Elena, will you introduce our wonderful friend? Yeah, I absolutely will. This is Erica Joe Schaefer. She is a longtime love of my heart through this life and many, many more. Erica serves our local community as a, a practicing witch. She has a ritual prowess that you would not believe and does a really amazing set of energy works, my favorite of which is called the unwinding session. And on top of all of that, she's one of the best known horticulturists in our area. She has been working in gardens and with plants for what is it now, 30 years, Erica? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, 30 plus, yeah. Yeah, so she is all around one of my favorite human beings because I can call her with almost anything from what's happening to this plant all the way to, mama, I need some backup because uh, this energy is intense. So Erica, do you want to give us a little bit of background on how you have come to be so multifaceted and have so many different amazing skills? Oh my goodness. That's quite a lead in there, girl. So um, chance happening that I started off in the horticultural field at all. It was one of those, um, you know, those moments that I'll remember I was going to go for college for graphic arts and it was late in the season and they said, build and what else would you like to do and all I did is open this catalog up to landscape nursery technology and I read it and that's what I wanted to do like it struck all the things about plants and everything that I wanted to do so I have spent 30 years managing um, a big garden center in our area and and kind of unbeknownst to me I was deepening my conversations with plants right so I can you know all the herbs we had like, I don't know, 150 herbs on the tables and plus the trees and all the, so in the meantime, it was almost this kind of sneaky way of how I was teaching myself on another level without being aware that I was teaching myself how to, how to see plants, how to talk to plants, how to feel plants in a way that was above the scientific horticultural, like Latin name and how to grow it kind of thing. And then, um, and then my mom got pancreatic cancer and died. And I spent a year mourning and grieving and we were super close. 
And within that year, there was this real strong, I'm supposed to be doing something. I'm supposed to be doing something. I'm supposed to be doing something. So I found myself um, with an acupuncturist who suggested I go see a shaman about uh, past lives. And I was like, a shaman? What is that? I mean, just completely clueless. I've spent the first, you know, the first half of my life completely clueless about any of the energy work, any of the anything like that. So eventually I found myself in this lady's parlor who looked like a grandmother, not what I had pictured a shaman would look like, and launched from there. You know, she said, what are you supposed to be doing? I'm surprised you haven't figured it out. And I said, well, what? Like, tell me, it's making me crazy. And she said, you're a healer. Like, why aren't you healing people? And, you know, I at that moment, like realized how many people had come to me and just would like unload their things, you know, and I just, I just thought it was being friendly. I'm, I'm Pisces hardcore. So I just thought it was part of my gig. And then I, um, she said, you need to be attuned to Reiki. And I had gotten Reiki sessions. I never realized or even anywhere in my radar that I would be somebody who would give Reiki sessions. So it started there and then it was like, okay, we're going to do a shaman course on how to do, you know, to like go to the other worlds. And I was like, what is happening here exactly? You know, and do soul retrievals. I was like, what is that? Like all this. And yet something in me was screaming. Yes, 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 yes. Do this, do this, do this. This is you. This is what you are here for. So launched off and all that. And then foundation for shamanic studies training and then um, the institute of modern wisdom entered my world for priestess training and then you know this full fullness of the community elena obviously my love you know and and others that just we just continue to be in this buoyancy together and this rising and evolving and um in the meantime my love for herbs uh, there's another two beautiful witches. Am I allowed to say their names? Can I just say people's names? Yeah. Or not? Yeah. So Sarah Rose and Tara Chicky, I went to one of their retreats, an herbal retreat, and made my first elixir and then launched from that spot into this totally, now this wildly crafted woman thing is, it, it just all came it, of course, exactly when it was going to come exactly when I was ready to receive it. And I am so joyed by all of it, like all of it. It's, it's, um, you know, when I, even when I speak it and I look back at like how it all was of course in perfection and order and timing and all the things. And I just opened and opened and opened and continue to receive the information or the noticings. And, um, it's just, you know, and then the Amrit Yoga Nidra certification didn't see that coming. So, so I, 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 I am aware, like I do, I, it's not, it's not trying to achieve. I don't feel like I'm trying to get or do anything. It, it's, I'm aware of, of what delights me and I follow that. I yeah. can underline all of that and bold and <laughs> italics and all of the things. And for those of us that aren't familiar with Erica, Wildly Crafted Woman is her brand. You can go to wildlycraftedwoman.com and see all of the amazing things that she does and is available for. My favorite of which right now 
given the season are her teas. So Erica, I'm drinking the spicy twig tea. Oh gosh, that's my newest one. I'm so excited about that. So I, I found out about this tea called kukacha, twig tea. And I really, it was another thing I didn't know that much about it. And it sounded kind of, kind of fun and groovy. So I just, I ordered a big bag and, and it sat for two months and I didn't do a thing with it. And then one day I just kind of looked at it and I was like, I need to like, I need to have a cup of this. I need to know more about this. And again, for me, it continues to feel like these little openings open up and the, and the plant starts to have a conversation. It's like, here, come here, come here. Let me, let me have this conversation. With you. Let me talk to you. One, like, let's learn about each other. So this kukacha tea is actually the twigs that are left after the green leaf tea is plucked off of the plant. And then, you know, they keep tossing the twigs in this other pile while they're plucking the green leaves off. And, and come to find out this kukacha twig has no caffeine or like the tiniest, tiniest amount of caffeine. And if you're a tea, like really deep into the tea loving kind of thing, like milk oolong is a lovely tea that leaves this kind of silkiness in your mouth. And kukacha twig tea does that same sort of thing on a lower level where you get this, I don't know if you're tasting that, Elena, you get this kind of buttery sort of something that happens. And so yeah. it's also antioxidant. It's also got nutrients and minerals in it, which again, is like, wow, it's got all this health bringing which for my teas, it's kind of, um, you know, of course, you know, if you think about having lavender in a tea, it's for calming. And I like the idea that the tea tastes so amazing. And part of it is because it's having a conversation with your body, like it's actually adding nourishment. So this kukacha twig tea is doing that. And then I added cinnamon, which is um, an antiviral and also, you know, an immune system boost. And then lavender, because I wanted to like kind of come with a little bit more of that silky. And then cardamom, because cardamom, you know, it's one of my favy faves. And, um, and that, that, and then, oh, and ground cloves. So instead of just putting the points in and, and coarsely grinding them, I wanted it to come forward just a little bit more. So I actually took the clove points and ground them fresh and then put those in. And you have to be careful with that, of course, because cloves will come up on you. Be like, hey, I'm clothes. Hello. <laughs> so that was that, you know, that's just a little bit of that. Sounds amazing. I'm oh, I love not tea. jealous. I'm really glad that you both are sitting there drinking your teas, but I sure wish I had some. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty tasty. I'm I'm like I am super proud of how those teas have um, even evolved and that I was, you know, as a beginning herbalist, you know, I got, I get a little excited when I'm doing uh, teas or elixirs or any of that stuff. And I really have been um, dedicated to making sure I write down what I do at the beginning, you know, cause then you make this amazing elixir, this amazing batch of tea. And you're like two months later, you run out and you're like, Oh shoot. Like what were those ratios again? And you can never kind of like, and they're, you know, they're all micro batched anyways, you know, so they run out quickly. And I want to make sure that like the consistency is always. So you're, so being, you're being a good witch by keeping your good witch. Verbal yep. shadows. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
It is good. That that spicy twigs one took a while to get the lavender just right because I wanted the lavender to come a little bit more. So I was making these tiny little batches. It was like a tablespoon of the twigs, a tablespoon of the cinnamon and then trying to work the lavender up. And, you know, again, I think when I did the fresh ground cloves and that's that's what really like bounced it. So that was good stuff. So it's not just about flavor, though, though it sounds amazing. Yeah. This is, this is medicine, and it's medicine. It is medicine, yeah. Like all of our ancestors had before we had pressed pills. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I feel, uh, I feel that strongly. I feel that, you know, as part of this um, deepening and evolving that I personally feel I, you know, continue, and each one of us, of course, continue to be with, that there there is, there's some really strong witchy woman in my ancestry, you know, that kind of is like whispering, like, like when I did the, um, my other, like probably my most popular one, of course, spicy twigs is already coming quick, but my most popular one right now is pine needle chai. And so there was, so I'm crafting this chai, which was already like, you know, again, like working it, working it, working it. And then I just, I just felt like I wanted something else. And there was just, I came across somebody that was saying that pine needles is one of your best sources for vitamin C. So if you get sick in the wintertime, and of course you need to know what pine needles are versus spruce needles versus, because a lot of people call all evergreens pine trees and that's, they're not. Um, there's firs and spruces and pines and all kinds of things. Um, so I, I went out, I have pine, I have pine trees in my backyard, beautiful big pine trees. So I went out and I got my scissors and I, of course, said thank you to the tree and then snipped the pine needles into my chai and it's ridiculous. So now besides getting all of the immune boosts and antioxidants, you know, you've got cinnamon and ginger and cardamom and cloves. And of course you put honey in it. So you're already getting the boost. And then I do roasted dandelion root which is super medicine, like super duper medicine. And when it's roasted, you get the richness and then pop the pine needles in to get the extra vitamin C. And it's, it's just ridiculous. It's so tasty. I'm, I'm super proud of that one. That one is a household favorite here. Is, yeah, that one, that one is made a lot. A lot of people love that one. And it's no caffeine. So that's another thing. I'm myself because I'm already such a spark plug. Haha. -ha. Um, you know, my teas tend to be more on the like herbal, no caffeine kind of line of teas. I do have one, um, open my heart, I think is the name is the one that's got uh, black tea and vanilla beans and something. <laughs> I'm so anxious for both of you to come down. I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. We have yep. the only tea plantation in the United States here. Ooh. Um, and, you know, so you can go out there in all of the growing process. And oh, wow. Really nerds about their tea. I was so oh, I betcha. Oh, I betcha. Yeah, I tried. Um, there's a, that's Camellia sinensis. And it's, uh, it just isn't quite hardy up here. Like it just almost would make, like maybe last winter when there wasn't a really a winter. It just won't make the winter up here. So that's awesome to know there's a whole plantation there. That's cool. Yeah. Road trip. Yeah, road trip. Yeah, for yep. sure. And it um until fairly recently was run by is still run by the people who founded it. And these teams, um these people have been there. Some of them have been there for over a hundred years. 
So it's a heritage tea. A family was running the tea plantation. Bigelow technically bought it, but it's still run by the same people. So it feels very cool. Like the whole line of, you know, the whole line of energy and, uh, you know, the, the farmers, you know, that know the land and know the seasons and know the plants and know like when to do what. And, and that's such like such beautiful information to pass down through a family line and, and to like really, again, to have these conversations with the plants where it becomes more than just about, I don't know, about like economy and money, like, like the sales, whatever, like you, you begin to like really see the beauty of the plants in a whole different way. So I know that you do a lot of work with women um, in your community. I'm wondering, as, as someone who wishes that I could be up in Pennsylvania right this second with the two of you, um, mm-hmm. sitting and asking for, for your medicine and receiving it right away. So you make all of these small batches for people to consume. Mm-hmm. I came to you and gave you some information on what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. Do you put together custom blends ever for anyone? Um, I've done I've done custom elixirs already. There's um, uh, one of my friends who does, uh, oh gosh, what is his name? She does retreats. They're sacred. Like, you know, she does them in Costa Rica or she does them. She's got one coming in Egypt. And um, when we went to Costa Rica together, I think it was in Costa Rica, um, she had me um, do as, do actually a workshop on elixirs. And, and then ever since then, she always has me craft an elixir that's based on the intention of the retreats that she's doing. So that's cool. And then I did do one for somebody who was uh, for their wedding favors. I did another one, you know, and that was based on love. So of course I had rose petals and things. And yes, I I feel that um, I could do a tea blend for sure. Um, The elixir seemed to be at this moment, you know, now that you've opened up that portal um, up until now, it's, it's been uh, more elixirs, which are uh, tinctures, which are herbs that are steeped and marinated in vodka or moonshine or brandy or, and because I'm such a huge lover of honey, mine end up being elixirs because I take the tincture and add sweetener equals elixir. And um, I am lucky enough to be a chosen one from my favorite yogi guy who keeps bees. So I go help him harvest the honey. So even within that process, the honey that goes into my elixirs is honey that I thank the bees for. Like I was actually there thanking the bees and hearing the bees and smelling the fragrance of the honey. And then that's what, that's what I'm bringing to the elixir. So, so yes, is the answer to your question as I wandered off and a whole other thing. Oh, no, I'm glad that you did. Um, because I know that there's the medicine of the plant, but there's the medicine of the witch who puts it all together. Yeah. And that that's for me is like so important. It's him. Um, you know, I'm seldom in a weird mood, like, you know, as in uh, a bad mood or a depressed mood or whatever. And of course we all like skim down into those depths, which stretches us. And I never, ever make any of my stuff if I'm not in a good mood or, you know, if there's a lot of chaos going on around me, my husband has his own things, you know, sometimes where I can't, and, uh, you know, have beautiful music on while I'm crafting and candles lit. And it's like, it's creating that energetic, you know, that also, you know, I know is in the things that I'm crafting. For sure. And you're a Reiki practitioner as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I do my, um, the unwinding sessions that Elena spoke of is it's, it's mostly a Reiki, 
uh, session. And it's an intention, you know, the, the idea of how wound up we all get, that we get all super tight and our jaws get all clenched and our shoulders are up around our ears and we're breathing from the top of our chest. For me, when I was considering what it, it just felt like I was offering more than Reiki and I wasn't really sure what that meant. And then it kind of, um, kind of just occurred to me that I offer, I offer the space for somebody to unwind themselves. You know, so it has some other elements to it in the way that um, I like to start it with possibly, you know, rattles or bells or whatever, just to kind of like start to bring you into a present space. So you're not, you know, wondering about, you know, if so-and-so is going to call you back or, you know, what if you remember to get such and such at the grocery store for dinner tonight or any like any of that, like just bring you into presence and then um, into the Reiki session, which of course you're fully clothed, which some people don't get massages because they don't want to be naked. You know, so there's another feel of safety, I feel that, that, that with Reiki that, you know, you can kind of dial into that. And then at the end, I do a uh, drum smudge, you know, so, and then plus uh, um, I make my own smudge sticks. So I use those. I'm coming uh, further away from Palo Santo because of the way it's being harvested and, I grow my own white sage. I grow um, probably 95% of what's in my smudge bundles coming out of my own garden. And if it's not, I know whose garden it was in. So that was another kind of a neat story about, um, I was in Peru doing ceremony and I'm hypoglycemic. So if I don't eat, I get squirrely. And of course, when you're in ceremony, you know, part, part of it is fasting. And I was in ceremony for a really long time that particular evening. And I had told the shaman guys like, please make sure you have an apple or apples waiting for me as I come out so that I can get my sugar level back where it needs to be without spiking. And um, I had, that was the deadest apple I have ever had in my life. And of course I was coming out of ceremony. So, you know, again, the energy and the awareness level that I was with as I came out was, you know, super tuned in right then. And um, it really set, set me an emotion of, of thoughtfulness about how far that apple had come. Like had that apple come from Adams County, Pennsylvania and traveled all the way to Peru to Iquitos and finally I get to eat it and the energeticness of it was dead. And so it opened up a conversation with me about when the Palo Santo comes from Peru, when it's in Peru, and, and I'm not sure how many people could deny that Palo Santo smells and feels so delicious. And when it's in Peru, it's 10, 15, 20 times that. And as it travels through who, whose hands and how was it harvested? And did anybody say thank you to that tree before they chainsawed it? And all of the things, by the time it gets to us, certainly it has so much power to begin with, there's still power. And that really has been something that's been with me about where my herbs are coming from, mostly from my garden who I'm buying my cinnamon from. I just discovered on Amazon, there's a place that gives 10% uh, to a um, save the orangutans when they're harvesting cinnamon. I can't grow cinnamon in my garden and I can watch and see where my cinnamon's coming from. And I can watch and see where my own herbs for my smudge sticks coming from, like my yard. So, so when it smudges over people in Pennsylvania and maybe by the time it comes to you, it's a little bit less than it is when it comes to Elena because the energetic stretch of where it's coming from has been distanced. 
So I think it's really important as an herbalist and as a witch to like look around, like what is right there with you? Like the bamboo I'm talking about for making teas with, I have clumping bamboo, not running because running bamboo is dreadful. But I have this clumping bamboo right off my deck. It's spread five feet in 15 years. And I was like, oh, hey, you know, I went by it like a million thousand times. <laughs> and suddenly I'm like, hey, hello. It's just kind of neat the way, again, the way it's constantly opening, opening, blossoming, blossoming, you know? It's, um, and going back to Palo Santo, it's one of those plants that has become so hip, you know? Yeah, right, you know? right. And New so fake Palo Santo is a problem, at least where I am. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even know. Oh, yeah, people <laughs> are harvesting other woods you know, native. Wow. Here. And then well, that's dastardly. Oh, yeah. And then that adds a whole nother level of, of dense energy to what you thought was not. So learn how to make smudge sticks. Yes. You know, make sure that you're using plants that you know are. There's, you know, huge amount of resources online to tell you. Like you can, you can burn a single bay leaf and then down where you are, you probably can still keep your bay trees outside. You know, write an intention on the back of it and you can burn a bay leaf as a smudge. I grow um, in my own garden, I grow my own white sage instead of letting the, again, the deserts of California get pillaged. And then um, I don't make smudge sticks out of my white sage. I make single leaf, I burn a single leaf. Every bit is powerful, it came from my yard. It won't make the winter and I'm not supporting pillaging. And you can still use garden sage, um, which is perennial in most people's gardens, you know. There's there's so there's so many things there's so many levels and layers to how to um, honor the plants and when you do honor the plants of course then the plants respond to that you know with their own my gratitude to their gratitude and it's it's a relationship. I'm so happy to hear you talking about growing your own white sage mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also alternatives because one of the big controversial things in the new agey metaphysical world right now is appropriation of yep. some plants. Yep, yep. So I have a lot of students who have been using white sage for mm -hmm. a while because that's what they were told to use to clear mm -hmm. energy, mm -hmm. who are sort of fumbling around feeling like, well, what do I do now? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, knowing that you grow it and also having other alternatives for people. It's mm -hmm. amazing. So thank you. Oh, there's so many cool things. Like you can do, especially again, down where you are, I'm sure... Um, you must have, they're called, horticulturally in our landscape world, they're called green giant arbovitae. That is a Western red cedar. So when I'm making my own, I'll use like three sprays, like six or eight inches long, you know, underneath. And then you get to put in your ingredients. Like my ingredients are, again, my own homegrown lavender sticks and lemongrass and rose petals and maybe scented geraniums. Um, sumac, now you guys probably have to be more careful because you might have poison sumac down there, but we have this beautiful, oh my gosh, fragrant sumac that's a ground cover that adds color to the bundle and it smells really good. And then I can add either my white sage or garden sage, rosemary sticks, and then you just carefully bundle that all up and let it dry, which I do in the, my windshield, right? So the sun, um, the windshield brings the sun through and it dries it. You keep turning it. And um, you just made your own smudge bundle. Like, why are we buying? There's everything you need is so close by. 
And, you know, with the garden centers you must have down there, like just grow a little garden, you know, sage. Oh my gosh, the tropical sages that have the bright blue or purple or red that the hummingbirds have visited. Now I've got a smudge stick that hummingbird energy is in. What? Right? So like, you don't have to, I mean, white sage is not the only thing. Palo Santo is not the only thing. There's again, like get online and check it, but know your plants like, and say thank you every single time. Thank you. I think my favorite smudge right now and has been since I think COVID started really has been mugwort. That oh, is yeah. like, mugwort. oh my gosh, yes. Mugwort makes great. And if you mix mugwort with those tropical sage with, you get those color flowers in it, then you really, or you're pumping in as good stuff. It's really, and, and it's so available. And it's so, I mean, really, like you don't have to be like crafty, extraordinaire person in order to make a smudge stick or burn a single mugwort stem. You know, they're kind of woody. Yeah. You know, so it's something that you can easily like just chop down a little bit so you don't set the place on fire with that top tender growth. And then it's just so, it's just so available. You know, when I was in Peru, that was another thing that I really felt strongly when we were up in the mountains is it was the spirituality there was so available. Like you could just feel it and it's here. You just need to open up, you know, and get past the dents and the muck. And then suddenly it just opens up and then you can see like what's right in front of you. What's so available. Getting past the dents and the muck. I mean, that is a statement of statements. If I haven't, if I've heard one this week, you know, what, um, what do you recommend <laughs> for getting past the dense and the muck? And, and, when, I ask and that, mm. when I ask that, I want to know, um, you know, elixirs and teas, but also, you know, what's your personal, what's your personal way through these things? Oh, well, first of all, is soften your jaw. You know how hard, hardcore I am on that because, you know, we've got our jaws all tight because we're, we're pissed off about something or stressed out about something. We just go tighter and tighter and we have words that are trapped in our mouth that we don't want to say or we just let some like total tirade go blasting out of our mouth and our jaw tightens up because it was so like additional dense and muck. When you soften your jaw, your heart can start to speak again to your higher self. You know, when you have your jaw tight, you set up a dam and that communication is, is like a little trickle. It can't be as, as um, conversational and as open as it can be to yourself, speaking to yourself, your heart speaking to yourself, higher, higher, speaking to your heart. What do I do? So that's the very first thing. Any kind of self-care. If it's a cup of tea that you drink hot instead of letting it get cold, baths, a walk, like stand out in this wind today and put your arms out. Notice a tree. There's, it's, it's such an awareness thing. So when you're in your dense and muck, then you have the um, options and choices to start to look where the openings are, how to soften things up. Like where do you spread that density? How can it be done? Or you dive deeper and you throw tantrums about the dense in the muck and why is the dense in the muck and how is the dense in the muck and who started the dense in the muck and you get down into that conversation and you actually tighten in stronger and you curl up in a ball in your tantrum while you're screaming I can't find my way out you're actually causing yourself to be tighter you know again unwind 
So any kind of stretching, any kind of spreading. Now, as far as the elixirs and the teas, um, you know, I like, again, the, the pine needle chai, anything that has dandelion root in it, I feel is good for that because it roots you into presence because the, the dense in the muck is um, transitory. It's moving and you're the one who's standing still in it. Like it's wanting to go forward. It's wanting to disperse. And when we hold on to it, then um, we're actually uh, rooting that energy. So if you have a tea that has dandelion root in it, if you have a tea that has dandelion flowers in it, you know, think about dandelion flowers and they're bright yellow, cheery, yellow being your solar plexus color, you know, to increase your power. So your energy comes in front of you instead of dense and muck coming in front of you. Like, what are you walking through? You know, as far as the elixirs, my favorite, favorite on that kind of a situation is always going to be Rosalio de Rose, which is a rose petal elixir with honey in it that that just, just speaks love to your heart. It just speaks love. And, and again, opens the openings and reminds you that you are open, that you believe that you're closed down, that you believe you're tight, and you're having a real human experience. And sometimes you are, right? Sometimes yeah. it's just mucky and it's shitty and you just want to go hide in your closet for a few days or a few months and it's always going to be moving so you know once you get done looking around in the density and the muck and you see yeah this kind of sucks then then where's the point where you're like okay i got to do something about this and that's when you start to unwind and that's when you start to open and climb we're all going to go down and lick our wounds we're going to it's part of our thing and Every single time, they're going to be invitations to rise. Every single time. Yeah. That's one of the things I think that has shown both you and I so clearly that we are sisters in soul is yeah. that there's always, there's always permission mm -hmm. to ourselves and each other to take that dive and be in those feelings. And I knew this is why you would be perfect for Sassy Esoterics and that you and Sarah would love each other so much is because the three of us together, we honor our bullshit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not the bypassing, which we, we actually talked a little bit about last week. We talked a little bit about spiritual bypassing last week and how love and light shows up in the community. And we, tend to use that as a way to ignore our problems, which is not the same as finding the space to have an opening. Ignoring our problems does not make them go away. So we do have to, like you said, like our wounds, we do have to go down and in at mm -hmm. times and figure out, okay, what is this invitation? What is it telling me? Yeah. Because the hard parts, aren't going to be easy just because we sprinkle some pretty words on top of it. Yeah. You know, as much yeah. as we love pretty words. Yeah, we do. We do. And they're very appropriate and very appropriate times and spiritual bypassing is a thing. Like yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't throw rainbows on top of it for the 14th time and pretend that whatever it is, isn't there. You know, when I went, when I left that garden center job, which was a 30 year garden center job. And again, Elena, thank you for your support and, you know, through all of that, I went down. I mean, I was inspecting and inviting all of the things about my value, my worth, how could they do this to me, victim language. And, 
you know, grieving the death of what I, I had, I had created. And, you know, as if again, it was mine because then I had to open up conversation about attachment and, you know, just all of the things. And, you know, and that's part of every dive that we do. Like, why did this happen? Don't know. It did. So now what? You can't spiritual bypass that shit. I wasn't going to skip out of a 30 year job unwounded. You know, and just pretend that like I'm I'm stronger than all of that. I'm stronger. I'm going to be fine, which of course I am, and I was, and and I needed to go down in that and see see why I felt the way I felt instead of pretending that I didn't, so that everyone could see how strong I was and how it didn't affect me. It did affect me, and now like now I'm like yeah, buddy, you know. Because I did it, because I did go down and inspect, and because the universe invited me to let go of who I thought I was and become and become and become. Like, keep opening. Keep opening. And a willingness to go ahead and recognize I hurt. Yeah. I need so to. So important. With that is actually more expedient in the long run. Be who you are. Go ahead and process it while it's fresh instead of pushing it down and months or years later wonder what's wrong with you. Yeah, yeah. Why your why your ankle hurts all the time now, right? Because you didn't step forward five years ago, twelve years ago, whatever. It's um it's such a process. It's so um it's so interesting and frightening and wonderful, right? Yeah. Willingness, that's a good one. That's a good one. So you are, as Elena said, very much uh, a leader, a spiritual leader in your community. Mm -hmm. And as a fellow, talk a little bit about what that looks like. Uh, Elena talks a great deal to me about your, your spiritual community together. And I'm just curious, we're recording this in November 2020, just before the American election. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how ceremony and ritual and serving in that way is showing up in this time. Well, firstly, it is like an extreme honor to be called a leader. Like it's, it's um, the responsibility and my ability to respond to that is, is very serious for me like incredibly serious for me. And, and sometimes, um, sometimes it's not met by certain people in a way that I wish because I, um, I'm, I'm Pisces, Pisces cancer. So I want to save everyone and pull all your stuff. And this is what I used to like, I'll help you. Um, I have no children. So I've got big mommy energy, you know, to like help everybody feel get better. And it's interesting that as that uh, role in our community has evolved, uh, that I keep punting back the, I don't try to fix anyone. I'm not Jesus, right? I don't try to save anyone. It's not my job. And I, um, I'm a seed planter, right? So, you know, hey, why, well, why do you feel like that still? You know, so my, my leadership seems to be now filled with more question marks to the person who's asking me to help them. Uh, I also have found over the last two weeks, I've been saying a lot, build an altar, 
right? Like, what is it that you want? What is it that's hurting? What, like, instead of, instead of focusing so much, again, tightening up and throwing the tantrums of like, my God, what's going to happen um, in three days, two days, one day, oh my God, tomorrow, right? Like, what's going to happen? It's like, build the altars, the small, I don't, I, I told some one person um, who was really stressed out, it's like, you know what, get a freaking dish towel, you know what I mean? That's your altar cloth now. It doesn't have to be big. It can be your grandmother's handkerchief. It can be the smallest little thing. It can be incredibly ornate. What is your intention? Like, how do you want to come through this? Because individually, we each have our idea on what the perfect world looks like, right? And how we can honor each other. And um, not everybody's on that wavelength and not everybody's on that energetic mission, so to speak, of elevating and evolving and rising together. Not everybody's on that. And that's cool because it reminds us um, to hold our, hold our line and hold our energetics where we want to and um, not be righteous and not be right and not be wrong, like be. And so within that, within that leadership and how, um, you know, we've got the virus, we've got this election, we've got people losing their jobs and there's just all these things to, you know, to keep your eye on, on uh, what it is that you want. You know, in my circles, I often say that, you know, we spend so much energy bitching about what we don't want. Like, what if you put that same energy into what you do want? Like, then what? Like, oh, then you have to take responsibility, right? So that opens up a whole nother thing. It's like, if you can keep bitching about what you don't want and who did what, and that didn't go your way, then you can keep your focus over there and you don't have to be responsible energetically for your choices and what you are bringing into the world. This week I was reading, I'm reading a new book and um, the word expectancy has come hard. And I think that that's been part of the um, telling people to build an altar is, is the expectancy travels in front of you, that energetic of like what, what you're not expectations, but the expectancy of love, the expectancy of unwinding, expectancy of, of, of care and tenderness and, and, you know, the truths of the universe, freedom, all of it to hold that energetic in a strong way that I, the expectancy of what I, I would like to see in this world. And of course there are things I'd rather not see in this world. And I'm not, I'm not being with that with the strength that I'm being with what I'd like to see in the world. We tend to use the word intention a lot, but I love mm -hmm. expectancy more. Yeah. That's really hitting me. Like yeah sending that forward it is a great word and and you know and the people that aren't um really familiar with the word intention again it's it's what do you want it's that easy what do you want what is your intention you know if you walk into a room of people you know like what do you intend to do you know what is your intention you know you walk in you look here you look at yourself in the mirror what are your intentions you know, and, and that sets an energetic tone in front of you, expectancy. It's just so good. It's so good. So good. Thank you so much for your wisdom. Oh, thank you. It is like such an honor to be here with both of you. Like truly, there's so much going on in the world. And, you know, I feel the, I feel the ley lines, 
you know, the energetic ley lines reaching out to those of us who are like holding the web. And uh, it's quite an honor and uh, it's intense. It's intense. And any one of us can let go at any point and just be like, yeah. And at the same time, we're determined, you know, we are, we are intending that the web shimmers stronger and it shall. One of our hopes in creating this podcast was to help people become aware of the fact that they are part of that web, that mm -hmm. they're part of a greater circle. And since I first heard your name, I felt connected to you. And so I'm so Thank you. Thank you. Again, like when she, when Elena contacted me about being on here with you too, I was like, whoa, this is awesome. This is so awesome. Can we have a reminder of how people can connect with you if they, and we'll make sure this is in the show notes as well, but yeah. if they feel as called as I do to interact <laughs> with you, how could they do that? Well, <laughs> I've got multiples at this point. I'm not sure how I'm doing all this. And um, so the website is wildlycraftedwoman.com, which was a neat thing too, because I know exactly where I was when that landed. You know, I know exactly where I was when Wildly Crafted Woman, I was like, oh, okay. And so there's the website, my Facebook, Wildly Crafted Woman also. And um, my garden Facebook page is Erica Joe's Garden. So that's more... Um, that's more horticulturally plant geek minded, you know, bringing you different plants that are, you know, strutting their stuff in front of me or um, hints and tips. Like I just put something up about how to bring your dahlias in. I don't know if you guys have to do that down there, but up here we have to bring our dahlias in. So there's, you know, different uh, tips that come up on that. And then um, my own personal page is Erica Joe Schaefer for Facebook. So any of those routes. So now, before we go, normally I would wrap up, but I have to know the story behind how and and what was going on, if you'd be willing to share it. Of oh, absolutely. Your business and your website hit. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that before we go. Say, say it again. Say what you just said again. If you would tell us the story, you know, you, you were saying, I know exactly what was going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um. So I was driving to work and this was my, my job that I'm now no longer at. It's 30 years of 40 to 60 hours a week and giving it my all and really just like it was my, it was my beloved, my lover, my sister, my daughter, my all of it. It was all of it. And um, it was getting a little squirrely there and I was driving to work and I was coming up on the crest of a hill and it dropped in Wildly Crafted Woman. And when I got to work, I immediately went to the Facebook and like created Wildly Crafted Woman. And I had no idea what, like where it was going, what it was doing. Um, I had started to sell, um, you know, I do uh, mystic circles. So, you know, I have, you know, a couple of what salves or, you know, my Rosalia de Rose was, was my very first one that I made. I'm a lover of roses. I make rose petal jam, which is ridiculously good. And so, so I had these, just these few little things that I was like, I'm really proud of these things. And, you know, the wildly crafted woman was, was a kind of a full container of the herbal things, my horticultural knowledge, because I do landscape designs and I, you know, I do on-site consults, the unwinding sessions, the mystic circles, I'm um, just before COVID hit, I had this idea for um, these circles I call woo woo light, where I would come to your house and do like these very low key mystic circles, because there's a whole bunch of people who want to come to our circles. And they're like, 
uh, that sounds really scary and um, uh, way, way out further than where I feel comfortable in right now. So it's almost like a paint night. Yep. Bring your wine. We're going to do a little release ceremony, a little manifest. We're going to make some little craft and that's it. And so it, it kind of just was like a spot for me to continue to like put my ideas of different things. I do a lot of pictures. So, you know, I've got this photography thing. I do poetry. So like there's the add the pictures to the poetry. There's so many things that are sitting out there, like just pulsing. And that's Wildly Crafted Woman, you know, pulsing. And that's all of us because we are all Wildly Crafted Women. And all of it's just sitting there waiting for us to arrive. It's just delightful. Thank you for showing up and arriving. <laughs> thank you, dear sister. And my sweet Elena. Thank you. Thank you, Erica Joe. Mm -hmm. So delightful. So, so filled with gratitude and love for both of you and whoever listens. Thank you for all that you're doing in the world. Thank you. Thank you for unwinding. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone wishing you all the blessings that you have mm -hmm. been feeling from listening to Erica Joe that I've been feeling as well. And we love you and we'll talk to you next week. Inspired by Nadia Bolsweber and her podcast, The Confessional, we offer a blessing for Erica Joe. Erica Joe, I bless your curiosity and willingness to follow your soul's guidance as you were led to learn and led to lead. I bless your expectancies, the ones you hold now and the ones you will cast on the path before you. I bless your garden and the ground below and sky above it. Erica Joe, I bless the moment your choice to study horticulture and connect with plants was made so clear. I bless your fingers in the dirt, planting, nurturing, gathering, and preparing their gifts and showering them upon our community. I bless the many miles, the many moments, the long and winding journey that you have walked in every iteration, aware and opening, softening and surrendering. I bless your ferocity, tempered by the tenderness of your mother's heart. And I bless your seed planting ways, past, present, and forevermore. Thanks again for joining us. Our theme music is River by Cumberland Honey. Follow them at Cumberland Honey PA on Instagram and Facebook. You can find them on YouTube and listen to their EP, Stand Up, on Spotify and Apple Music. If you enjoyed the show, click subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next week for our next sassy conversation. Take me down.